Welcome, and thank you for stopping by Biker Church, Wally, Texas. Let's go on in and see what Charlie Mullen has to teach us today. Let's go to the Lord. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I ask that you bless the word that you've given me tonight, Father. Father, let it fall upon the spirits that need it, Father. Father, I ask that you bless this offering we're about to take up. Father, let it be used to continue your work in the kingdom, Father. Father, I ask that you bless everyone here, Father, that you flow through this, this room tonight like a river. Father, that you let every word that comes from me be yours, Father, and take me completely out of it, Father. Father, it's all this in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I think that's kind of funny. Jesus never owned a slave, but they called him master. He never went to school for it, but they called him teacher. And he never owned property, but they called him Lord. Goes to show, it's not what's up here, it's what's in here. He led his life according to the way the Father wanted him to lead it. And he never deviated from it. No matter how popular it would have made him, no matter how much money it would have made him, no matter, I mean, I can imagine what would have happened if Jesus had decided he was going to go walk around with the Pharisees. Because he could have been the greatest of all of them. Instead, he chose to be the least of all of us. And that goes to show you just what titles bring. Titles bring recognition to a man. Praise means recognition to a God. Let's go to Luke chapter 11. We in the red letters, so it jumps around a lot. We're going to start out with about 24. Say amen when you get there. Oh, God, Lord. Well, yeah, I guess you're all there now, huh? My wife is, my technology is outrunning me is what's happening here. When an evil spirit comes out of a man, it goes through arid places seeking rest and does not find it. What kind of evil spirits can we expect to get rid of? Anybody in here think alcohol is a real thing? You think it's a spirit that sits upon you? Depression, anxiety. Sexual perversion, addiction, ag aggravation. And we all want to be freed from that, right? It says the spirit, when it comes out of a man, it goes through arid places seeking rest and does not find it. Then it says, I will return to the house I left. When it arrives, it finds the house swept, clean, and put in order. Then it goes and takes seven other spirits more wicked than itself, and they go in and they live there. And the final condition of that man is worse than he was at the first. What is it telling you there? It sounds like everything went right. You got a demon out of you. An evil spirit is gone from you, and it's out wandering around, and it can't find any place else to go, so it comes back to you. And it finds you organized. It finds you in love with your wife again. It finds you cleaning things up. But you notice what it didn't say in there. The door is still open to that spirit. The house is put in proper place. But he's, bringing it, he's coming back bigger, badder, stronger, meaner than ever. And he's bringing reinforcements. I'm going to tell you right now, if you can take the devil's stronghold out of your life, praise God. 
But that's just the beginning. If you do not fill that empty, how many people know what it looks like when you got an old rotted tree in your yard and you pull it up? If you don't do something with that, what happens? That tree starts to grow back. And that tree will grow back faster with deeper roots. So what happens when you free yourself from an evil spirit, when you free, free yourself from addiction, when you free yourself from anger, what happens when you don't put anything in that hole and you just let that hole sit there? And it comes back seven times stronger. If you're going to be a part of this, you better be all of it. If you're going to get a, a, a wicked spirit out of you, you better put God where it left. You better put the Bible where it left. You better put the Holy Spirit where it left. You better put your family under that protection because you're not the only one in that household. You will find yourself freed from a cocaine addiction and your daughter out whoring. You can be free, but it's going to come back and get your whole family if it can. You better put God not just in you, but you better spread it throughout your household. We get, we get roaches in our house or rats in our house. We'll put poison everywhere to prevent an infestation. I'm telling you right now, if you get addiction or something like that out of your life and you get an evil spirit out of your life, you better fumigate your home with the Holy Spirit or you will wind up with an infestation that you can't get rid of and then you're going to give up and then I'm going to have to watch you burn in hell. Which one you want? <coughs> How hard is it to start a devotional in the mornings? I got something on. How hard is it? How many people in here read their Bible every day? Every day without fail. Woo! Y'all just kicking your doors open. The one day you don't, so the one day something's going to happen. And you're going to want to know why. I've been coming to church every Sunday, I'm a good person. I pay my tithe. I do what I'm supposed to do. Yeah, for an hour and a half on Sunday. Jesus didn't say be about me on Sunday. He said be about my father's business all the time. Amen. When you were out there on the streets hustling, ooh, don't make me even say it. Because I can tell you right now, if I even smelled a lick to be hit, we were chasing it. I would work for three days to hit a lick. I know addicts out there that would do anything in the world to go get that. But here's the thing, man. I can, give you, I, I can promise you you're going to get a high higher than you've ever been in your life, not to mention the fact that you get to spend eternity in heaven with the people that you love and a father that cares about you. You get to spend eternity praising God. And here's the other choice, burning in hell. Which one do you want? It's a simple decision to make it's a hard decision to upkeep because here's the thing a house divided against itself will fall so you think that the devil is going to attack you while he has a hold of you man he wants you happy he wants you blessed through what he has given you he wants you to be rich out in public and then when you get inside somewhere he's gonna make you miserable and you're gonna wonder why you can't have a family you're gonna wonder why you're on your fifth marriage you're gonna wonder why you can't get off drugs you're gonna wonder why you've got kids that are addicted and selling themselves into prostitution and boys that are abusing their wives and going to jail you see what i'm saying unless if god ain't first you're last I hate to tell you that if you don't put god first 
Where's God going to put you? He's already said where he was going to put you. God, you know me. Come on. I, just, I was in church last Sunday. An hour and a half, don't cut it. It says it, guys. Either be all for me or be not for me. Well, shoot, we're in the same chapter right here. Where are we at here? It says right up here, if you do not gather with me, then you scatter from me. That's Jesus talking, y'all. That ain't me. And the only reason that I can tell you this is because I have filled my life with so much crap besides God and tried to live a good Christian life an hour and a half at a time, and guess what, man? It don't work. It don't work at all. I don't even want to watch the news anymore. I don't even want to read the paper anymore. I sure don't want to get on scum, Scumbook or Facebook or whatever you want to call it because there's nothing but trash out there. So-and-so got caught doing this. Who cares? They're not going to do anything to him. So-and-so lied to the people about this. Who cares? They're not going to do anything to him. Worry about you and what God can do in your life. And when God's got your life lined out, then find somebody else to help get lined out. Guys, quit thinking globally. Because the globe is dead. This world is dead. The United States of America is dead. It's failed. There's nothing else you can do. It says right here in this book that there is one kingdom left in the end. Well, two. Good and evil. Which one you want? At the end of times, you're going to do one of two things. You're either going to be praising God or screaming. Which one you want? Pretty easy decision to make. Because I guarantee you if I walked up to Ken right now and said you can have this $100 bill or I can hit you in the face, which one do you want? Well, Ken's a little bit like me. He's probably going to go bring it. Come on. Been hit in the face in a long time. Come on. But you know what I'm saying? It's, they're pretty easy decisions. Would you rather have $100 or we're going to cut your leg off? That's what we're talking about here, guys. We're talking about do you want to live eternity with a joyful heart and be right next to God praising him 24-7? Or do you want to drown in a lake of fire every day for the rest of eternity? Guys, eternity's a long time, ain't it, Dale? <laughs> Good. I do it because I love him. Guys, I want one thing for you, and that is for you and everybody you love to go to heaven. That's my job. Contrary to popular belief, my job is not to fix your marriage. Contrary to popular belief, my job is not to get you off drugs. Contrary to popular belief, my job is not to make sure your electric bill gets paid this month. My job as a servant of God and a follower of Jesus Christ is to tell you that if you don't live your life for Jesus, then you're going to live your life for the devil and you're going to go to hell. My job is to listen to what my father tells me and tell you what he tells me. And guys, it ain't always for you. A lot of these sermons are for me. Because if I don't, if I, see, here's the thing. I'm a guy. I will get bored. I will get bored, and I know where that little cave that I crawled out of is. And I'll grab my little toys that I don't want God to know about, and I'll crawl off in that little hole. And before I know it, 
I've got all my little toys in that hole, and my wife can't even find me, and I'm in my hole with my fishing buddy, and I'm going fishing every weekend. And then when I get tired of it and life gets too rough, I come crawling out of that hole, and I want to know where everybody went. Where was y'all when I needed you? You can go anywhere, man. We was at the church house while you was in that hole. Make up your mind what you want to do. You want to live for the world or you want to live for God? Can't go halfway. You can't do it halfway. And I know we get freed from drugs. We get freed from alcoholism. We get freed from depression. We get freed from anxiety. We get freed from all that stuff. And before we even got the clothes dry from where we washed everything off, we want to go out. Brother, come on, brother. I'll show you how to get off this stuff. All that right there makes is two alcoholics. Get yourself together before you try to help somebody else. Make sure you're clean and you're in the spirit and you're doing it the way it's supposed to be done before you ever open your mouth and prove that you're a fool. That's what the devil wants. The devil wants you fresh, clean to run out there and go out and try to do it all because the first time it don't work for you, guess what? That addiction's stronger than you at that point. That alcoholism is stronger than you at that point. You are not going to get free from it until you decide that you're done with it. And when you ask God to take it away from you, he takes it away from you. It's your job to walk away from it. But you can't walk away from it if you're still running around in circles around it going, look what I did, look what I did, look what I did. You didn't do nothing. You didn't do a thing because it says right there in that word that you can't do it on your own. And that doesn't mean grab your best buddy from church and run off with him and y'all can do it together. No, that don't work. It's you and God and the devil. You and God can whoop the devil. Or the devil can drag you off kicking and screaming. Because until you learn to be humble and realize that you can't do it on your own, that you have to have God in your corner, it's going to be a long, sad, lonely fight. Because I'm not going to run around with you if you ain't of God. That's putting me at risk. Why would you want to do that? Why would you want to take your afflictions that you just barely laid down? You still, you know, that's kind of like going to somebody who can't have sugar with chocolate cake on your breath. Don't be carrying all that stuff around me like that. I can't have sugar. Don't come around me eating a chocolate. Now you can if you want to because I know what it does. See? I know what sugar does to me. it kill me. I know what the things of this world will do. They'll cause me to die. But I also know what my Heavenly Father can do for me. And until I decide in my spirit, I can make up my mind all I want to. All I, I You know what? I ain't going to drink no more. But until I pray about it, until God gets it off of me, I'm still susceptible to it. And I'm still susceptible to it if I, all the time if I'm not walking with God. I'm going to be honest with you, man. There's times in my life, you know, that what is that poem, Footprints, where it says that these times I carried you. There's times when you ever seen that little kid, Daddy, give me a piggyback ride. Give me a piggyback ride. And he's hanging on to his daddy's back. He's trying to do that. I'm doing that to Jesus all the time. I don't want to do this on my own. Here, you give me a ride. I'm going to climb up here and go for a ride. And sometimes, you see, like right now, I'm all fired up. 
I'm all pumped up. I got a battle to go to. I got a war to win. I got some things I got to do, and I'm all fired up about it, and I'm ready to go, and my fortress ain't finished. And God said, I know you're all fired up, and I know you're all pumped up, and we got your fortress on the way, and you got to get close to God, and you got to get all revved up, and you got to get ready to go to war. But sit right here and wait a minute. I'm ready to go. God's not. In his time, in his way, with his word, and with the touch of the Holy Spirit and following Jesus Christ, I will get where I need to be, and so will you. But until Jesus takes off walking, you better sit still. And if you're sitting near a crater that used to be the rest of your life, you better plant some Holy Spirit seeds in that hole. Because if not, the devil's coming back through it. And he's going to play with you. And he's going to toy with you. And he's going to laugh about laugh when you walk in here on Sunday morning. Because an hour and a half, he knows don't get it. We'll wait on him outside. I hear as soon as he walks out the door, we'll put a little hankering on him and make him want to go get a beer. We'll put a little hankering on him and make him want to go do a line. Because an hour and a half worth of Jesus... That's, that's what the church today wants. They want to inoculate you where you get just enough Jesus where you don't get sick, but you know how now you hear all about all these booster shots, right? That's what the church wants to do to you when it comes to Jesus. These, they want you to come in every week needing something. I'm telling you, get set free. Get it all done at one time. Find the cure. The cure is the Holy Spirit. That don't mean you don't have to come back to church, but church, oh, church should be where you come to get healed. Church should be where you come to get your wounds bandaged. Church should be where you come to get recharged. Church should, how many people in here in the military know what a debrief is? This is where you debrief with God. This is where you get your marching orders for the week. This is where you get your attack assignments for the week. This is where you get your bulletproof gear and your spirit-filled gear throughout the week. And then when you go out all week long, man, I don't want to see you come walking back in here on Monday morning with shiny armor. You better walk in here with beat up, nasty blood stained by the Holy Spirit armor. I'm telling you, because God ought to have to bleed the blood of Jesus upon you every day of your life because the lives that you're changing. If you're going to go be around all that stuff, you better be 110%. Because I'm going to promise you, when I quit drinking and I started going over there trying to help people that were drinking, man, beer on somebody's breath when you quit drinking beer smells like filet mignon. I can promise you that. But you ain't got no business doing it. That's between them and God. Be there for them. Pray for them. Support them. But you ain't going to heal them. That's between them and God. Everybody wants to, when something goes wrong in your life, the first thing you want to do is jerk up the telephone and call somebody. I'm telling you right now, the best thing you can do when things are going wrong in your life is throw every electronic you have in the closet and get on your knees and make a phone call. What Jesus did when he died upon that cross was not only spill his blood so you could be washed clean. He opened up a direct line of where you didn't have to go to a priest. You didn't have to go to a man of God. He opened up a direct phone line between you and God, and all you have to do is dial the number. But what you don't need for God to do is like your mother does when you forget to call her. When you call her, you say, hey, mama, she'll go, oh, you're still alive. I hadn't heard from you in so long. 
I, and I'm and I'm talking out of guilt here, guys, because I got a stepmom at home is mad at me because I didn't call her for like six months. Yeah, now she has brain cancer, and I'm the, <laughs> the heck with me. I'm a bow. I know. But here's the thing. I serve a God that will still, no matter how long I've been gone, he'll pick that phone up, and he'll answer me. And he'll say, where you been, boy? Tell me what you got going on, and we'll see if we can fix it. But are you ready to fix it? Are you done? Are you done living for you and ready to start living for him? Because all it takes is everything you've got. All it takes to serve God is laying down your flesh and walking with him constantly. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but he lives inside me. When your flesh is dead, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you the funnest thing in the whole world. Remember when your flesh was addicted to substances and you got a hold of that substance? When you were addicted to booze and you worked all day long and you got out there and you truck and you reached in that ice chest and you pulled that cold Bud Light out and you cracked it open, you took that drink and you get that little woo That's what I needed right there. Ah, burp. I'm going to tell you something, man. Wait till your flesh gets addicted to the Holy Spirit. Wait till you long for that high. Wait till, come on, man, because I'm going to tell you something. The best place to get high when you're on Jesus, you ever been to Walmart on Jesus? Hmm? Hmm? You ever been grocery shopping on Jesus? I know you should know, was it a movie that says that, ain't it? Where you ever been, you ever argued with your wife on weed? No. You ever, you ever tried to argue with your wife on Jesus? He gave her to you. Why are you going to fight with her? Listen to what she has to say. Then get yelled at. <laughs> Remember when I said these sermons are about me? I might have heard my wife say today, take the trash out. I don't know if I did or not, but I didn't take the trash out. But I, I was like, man, I must have been dreaming. Do you understand what I'm saying when I'm saying about all he wants is everything? When you wake up in the morning, praise God should come out of your mouth. I know you didn't get no sleep. I know it was a restless night. I know you want to sleep in. But here's the thing. There's my father's business to do. That's what you should be thinking every time you walk out the door to go to that job you didn't want to get up and go to. This is one more. I can go to work on Jesus. I can drive my car on Jesus. We were coming back from church this morning after visiting the church, and I put some praise music on the back. And I'm going to tell you what, man, looking at the back, will kind of wiggle just a little bit. I'm like, what is going on back there? It is hilarious and makes me fall in love with her every time I see her for my wife to be rolling down the road listening to praise and worship music with her hands in the air, doing like this on the back of that motorcycle, praising God. And I'm like, she's going to kill us, but we're going to heaven if she does. We're going to die in a fiery motorcycle crash, but God's with us. I ain't going to stop her. I'm not going to ask her to quit. What am I going to do? Interrupt God while he's talking to my wife? Am I going to interrupt Jesus when he's hugging on my woman? Come on, man. That's a great... 
I don't know, anybody in here ever had a stranger compliment your wife? Man, don't get mad about that. That's a compliment, bro. That's mine. But you know what? Jesus loves my wife. I take that as a compliment. And you know what? If Jesus wants to lay hands on my wife, he's more than welcome to. Because I'm next. <laughs> I told y'all how I come home. I come home hot and tired and wore out and ready to... How do you go say it? Y'all all know. All I'm thinking, but I walk in my house and there's worship music playing. And my wife is in the other room. Hey, baby. So I started walking in the door. And instead of get these pants off because I'm not wearing pants, I walk in the door and say hi to all my babies. And I thank God that he's in my home when I get home. Because somehow or another, he beats me from the truck to the house. And I ain't figured that out yet. I don't even hear the driver passing the door shut. But I leave out of my truck listening to worship music. And I get in my personal truck and I'm listening to worship music. And I drive into my house and she's listening to worship music. And then she comes in there and says, hey, where's my kiss? You kissed everybody in the house. You know, you got to kiss the dogs. You got to kiss the birds. You got to say hi to the snakes. And then, you know, I'm walking by all this and I go to her office where the Holy Spirit is. Because she's been in there praying with him all day and she's been in there going about his work all day. If you have it around you 24-7, guess who's got their hands on you 24-7? Come on, man. Come on. Who doesn't want to be loved on by Jesus 24-7? Who doesn't want to be corrected by Jesus 24-7? I mean, I know it's not fun, but he's not ever going to correct you for something you did right. I, that's a refiner's fire, man. Anybody, ever know, anybody know what that song's about? You put gold in a fire, a very hot fire, and it boils the impurities to the top, and then you take the impurities off. Yeah, it hurts, guys. Getting over alcoholism and drug addiction and pornography addiction and anger, it hurts. But guess what happens afterwards? Man, you can take it and shine it up, and it'll shine like gold, pure gold, because all the impurities are gone. But here's the thing. How do you make gold stay shiny? You keep polishing it. Rub more gold on it. That's what we're here for each other for. That's what church is. Iron sharpens iron. Talk about Jesus together. Love on Jesus together. Love on each other with Jesus together. That's what God made the church for, to gather in his name and help and love people. It's not that hard. I don't say that anymore because I know she's blessed. Look, come on. She loves me. I don't care whether y'all, but my two favorite people in the whole world love me, Jesus and my wife. So what you think does not matter. Can't matter for an hour and a half on Sundays. Yeah. Put it in fifth, lay it on the floor, man. Let's roll. Here's the thing. If you're going to say you're about Jesus, you better be about Jesus. Because how many times somebody in here told their parents they were doing one thing and they went out and did another? What happened to you when you got caught? 
You think that was bad? Wait till God catches you doing something that you ain't supposed to be doing and you told, God, I'm going to go out today and I'm going to be about your business. This is my IQ out the window. What's he going to say if he, ooh, and I'm going to ask you the question my grandfather used to ask me. Is that what you won't be doing when Jesus comes back? Preachers don't, I heard a preacher tell this morning, preachers don't preach that anymore. You better be ready. You better be prepared. Take notice of what's going on around you a little bit. The world ain't a safe place. Jesus has already been done with it. God's already been done with it once. It ain't far off. I would absolutely love for somebody to drive by this church and go, all them Christian packers in there, they left the lights on in that church. I wonder what's going on. They've been on for three days and drive by here in this room be empty. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Take it. Roll with it. Do what you want to with it. I got some groceries at my house. I got some stuff saved up at my house just in case I have to stay in my house for a while and get over it. But what I'm really hoping I'm doing, I'm really hoping that I won't be there and some poor guy that didn't know who Jesus was will find a Bible and some food and some shelter and a place to get to know God just in case he's got a shot at it. Because I'd like to think that I'm not going to be here when all the rough stuff starts. But then again, I live the life I lived for a reason. I don't know what God's got in store for me. But you know what I did when he said, who will go? I jumped up and said, send me. Man, will he send you? He will send you out there amongst the woolly boogers. He will send you out there amongst people that you don't know. He will send you out there. But here's the thing. He will also send you out there amongst the hungry. He will also send you out there with the people that are thirsty. And the good news is, is that he gives you bread and water that they will never hunger nor thirst again. Come on, man. Y'all want to feed the homeless? Feed the homeless. Take them a hamburger and a Bible. And don't do it for you. Make a big show out of it. Look at us. We're down here feeding the homeless. Are any of them going to heaven? Because of you? Or do they just get the belly full? Full bellies and full hearts is what our job is when it comes to the homeless. How many people out there know a single mom in their life? How many people out there knows that the Bible says it's your job to take care of them? How many of you take care of them? I used to say that when people would say to me about that. So are you taking care of the widows? Are you taking care of the single mothers out there? I said, yeah, man, watch me write this child support check. That ain't it. That ain't what you're supposed to do. That's not helping single moms. What is helping single moms? Mm. Dads, you belong in the home. And if you're not going to lead it, get out of the way so God can. But here's, the, here's my challenge to you. Stand up and be a dad. Stand up and be a husband. But let's put, a, let's put a title on that. Let's stand up and be a godly father. Let's stand up and be a godly husband. Let's stand up and be a godly employee. Let's stand up and be a godly person on the road. Let's stand up and be a godly. But let's go to Walmart on Jesus. Man, come on. I'm going to tell you all right now. I used to hate this time of year coming up. 
My daddy shot himself on Christmas Day and my mother died on Easter Sunday. Don't tell me the holidays are a fun thing to do. But you know how I got my joy about the holidays back? I went to Walmart and blessed people. I went to Walmart and told them how much Jesus loved me, and if he could love me, then he sure can love you. I don't know how many people, you know what, and you really want to call some strange looks, walk up and hug somebody in Walmart nowadays. I'm going to tell you right now, I ain't scared. Because the worst thing COVID can do to you is kill you. If you're straight with God, go. Is he? Are you taking volunteers? The government. One of the guys on one of them things I was reading not too long ago said that the government of the world has to have a two-thirds die-off in order for them to bring in the government around the worldwide government that they want to bring in. That two-thirds of the population that will get people down enough where they can actually control them. If, I wonder what would happen if every Christian raised their hand and said, Father, I'm ready. Let's give them their die-off. You know what I'm saying? What's the word? Yeah, well, yeah, I'm, we probably wouldn't even get a third. I can't. That's the part that I can't understand. Full church houses. Churches all over this country are full today. But the bars are going to be full tomorrow of them. Stop talking about it. Stop telling people what Jesus is supposed to be doing for them and start showing people what God has done for you. That's your job. Your job is not to go out and judge somebody and tell them what they're doing wrong. I mean, to a certain extent, if it's your brother in Christ, yes, you're responsible for calling them out on it. There's a biblical way to do it, and if you have questions about it, ask. Or look it up yourself. But here's the thing. Your job, no matter what, is to love them. That, guys, that goes for the addicted. That goes for the homosexual. That, I'm not going to say you have to accept it. I love you, but what you're doing, I won't stand for. So we're going to get you free whether you want to be free or not. Because I truly believe, how much faith do you have to have for God to touch you? That's a trick question. Be careful how you answer it. How much faith do you think a dead man has? Well, this is something else I was saying too. I heard that pastor this morning say it. I'm going to tell you right now. If I'm dead on a sidewalk, laying in front of this church, if somebody walks up and says he's dead, if I hear one of y'all say y'all pray for him and maybe he ain't dead, well, pray for me if I'm dead. Lazarus was dead for what? How many days? In heaven. Gonna get called back. If I'm in heaven, don't you call me back over here. Me and Jesus. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? I can't wait. I can't wait. I absolutely 110% cannot wait to get to heaven just to see what's going on. Guys, my daddy's there sitting in that big house waiting on me to walk through the door. I'm going to tell you right now, that patch on my back may say prodigal son, but my heart is a prodigal son because I've had everything my father in heaven could give me, and I turned around and walked away from it. 
And when I got ready to come back, the glorious thing about it is he says, come on, man, where you been? Been waiting on you. And I said, yeah, been waiting on me? What you been waiting on me for? And he said, preach. How about that, big boy? Terrific. I told JR for years and years and years, pastor, preacher, pastor, preacher. And JR would say, pastor, pastor. No, I don't want to. I, do I, I don't even wear a cowboy hat. How am I supposed to herd cats? Y'all think being a pastor is fun? No. Because I'm going to tell you something. Both ways. This is what I'm telling you. And then we're going to close for about the third time. If you want to receive the Holy Spirit, all you have to do is give up who you are. If you want to receive God's blessing, all you have to do is be willing to accept what comes with it. If you want to be born again, then you need to understand your flesh can't come with you. Don't be like, what was that Steve Martin in the jerk? All I need is, all I need is this bottle, and all I need are these pills. And all I need is this prostitute. You can't do that. God, I want to be saved, and I want to live for you, and I want to be yours forever. But I still want to be able to do dope and chase hookers while we're at it. Can I do that? Can I? Can I? I wish y'all could see that brother's face right there every time I say hooker or whore. He's like, I said hooker in church. Guys, if you don't call evil evil, you'll never know what it is. If you don't call it out in your life, then you're trying to hide it from God. And God said everything, and here's something you need to think about. Everything you do in the dark will be brought to the light. Man, the first time I heard that, I was like, ooh. My daughter will tell you straight up, they're not afraid of the dark. Their daddy is what goes bump in the dark. I did a lot of bad things when it was dark outside, thinking nobody could see me doing it. My Heavenly Father saw me doing it. But you know what? Today... Do you know where those sins are? Woo! Way out there. See, that's the thing. If you'll give them to God and let God keep them, he'll move them so far away from you that you're never able to come in contact with them again. But what do most of us do? As soon as we give them to God and he takes off with them, we sprint for it when we see where he laid them down. Stop! How, why is it so hard? You want to go to heaven, but you want to live like you're in hell. Stop. It's not that hard to do. Be about your father's business. I told that brother right there the other day, he said, man, that's not a driveway and that's not a parking spot. I said, I happen to know that my father owns every cow on these hills and he owns these hills and he gave me permission to drive anywhere I wanted to. It was the, it happened to be the front lawn. Can't say that about today or about yesterday, though, where I parked because I was parked right beside the pastor. <laughs> we were both parked in the dirt that day. Guys, when you're ready and not a moment before, I want you to ask God to take it all. 
and we're going to do something. I've done this a hundred times before. I can look around this room and tell you that everybody in here in this room has said that little prayer. But I'm going to put these altars out here for a reason. Your reason. I'm not going to try to name a reason and guess what you need to come to this altar for. But there's those of you out there who need to leave things at this altar. So they're open. Do I got to be the first one? Because I got things I got to get rid of too. But it's my job to help you here. Thank you for joining us today. If you have prayer requests or need to contact us, please email us at bikerchurchwileytexas at gmail.com or call 214-283-0620. Please send all written correspondence to 303 Highway 78, Suite 103, Wiley, Texas 75098. And if you wish to make a donation, please make all checks payable to PSMM. God bless you and have a great day.